How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Haw. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Russ to Chicago, which makes sense. I got no problem with that idea, but... Well, I've come around on it. I've kind of evolved, and I think the Bulls have been bad enough... Did change my mind. I did not like the idea at first of Russell Westbrook coming to the Bulls because I just felt as if it didn't seem like a practical solution to the problems. The guy on his fifth team in five years. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? But that was four losses ago, it feels like. It seems like even longer. We have a texter checking in and he said he's laughing out loud because this is the same comment you make about the White Sox. Yeah, the White Sox business. <laughs> and you know what? It is. The Bulls are, are the answer to last year's White Sox. They are, they are just infuriatingly awful because they are so consistently bad. Archer is one in consistency. <laughs> I'm not sure this type of concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is he, maybe he should have clarified that. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Who do you think is more tuned out by the players? you think it was Tony or Billy? On 670 The Score. Is that what he said? What do you think about that? Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Boy, even mentioning Billy with Tony is, uh, is a terrible insult, frankly. It seemed a little insulting. It did, yeah. in retrospect. I don't know if that uh, was the greatest comparison. Although, I didn't mean it that way. I, I know just, you did I just meant the Bulls show the same energy level the White Sox did. David. I agree. The feeling is very familiar. The frustration yeah. is definitely comparable. I have good news for you, though. Yes? Well, you don't have to worry about you know, comparing those two emotions because the White Sox are here to replace your Bulls angst with their own familiar brand today. Baseball is back. Baseball is back. The Sox pitchers and catchers and Mike Clevenger is back or has is there. He's there. Do, do we have to ruin do we have to taint? But, but that's I know that's the reality. But just of let today. me for a moment take a deep breath, okay. say good morning. It's Wednesday. Uh-oh. It's Hump Day. The four most optimistic words in baseball: pitchers and catchers report. Yes. <sighs> let that settle in for a moment. Okay. Now, so is Mike Clevenger. <laughs> 
Can I say something? So is Mike Clevenger and the White Sox. The, today is the 15th of February, yeah. right? So I, I don't have the math in front of me, but February is a shorter month. Technically late February now. So we are technically in late February. Yes. And the fact is it's 48 degrees outside. I know. And, and I mean, the reality is... I am like afraid that we've ruined the planet. Like I don't, I don't come out and say, "Oh, this is great." First of all, and and this is an absurdity, but I will nonetheless say it to you. I saw, I believe, I think I lost count at either three or four. It's very early, and I'm stumbling around getting here. Dead squirrels. There's a lot of dead squirrels. It's like the squirrels came out thinking that it was. And, and they got run down. Why, why would you? They were half think asleep. I'm that guessing. the squirrels are at more risk in warmer weather because they're not used to the the, the early thaw. Do you I, think that they're not ready? I think for, they're groggy. I think they're, they're still groggy. half asleep. They're, they're in it's winter like mode. Molly walking down the street. But I saw a lot. Be of, careful out there. I saw kids. a lot of of like roadkill. Rodents. One might have been a skunk. I, but but I, I my point is, I and I don't know what the, I don't know the ecosystem, and I've got to look it up. And I I'm sorry to bring move? it up without studying it. But but uh, do they eat slugs? Do they eat like are they? Is my lawn going to be eaten now by Squirrels? various bugs? Squirrels and skunks is, <sighs> are the dead animals I saw on the way downtown today. I'll have to say this: I did get interrupted on my way home. I think it was over the weekend. At one point, there were. Five deer crossing the street. Holy cow! Now uh, it what was hell? it was more in a in a subdivision like neighborhood, but still it was unusual to have five deer in this part of uh, the neighborhood in and, February. Yes, in February. I'm so, just, I, so I maybe mean, you're onto something there. I have no maybe idea if I'm on that. I'm just I'm putting two and two together. Good news That's for the I'm squirrels. Doing. Supposedly it's going to be twenty five. Or 27 is the high on so Friday. So stay in bed, guys. Yeah, stay in bed. Yeah, All you, all you small animals, for, small furry creatures of the night, just stay sleeping. You know, we but may be doing... it's weird, David. It's it weird is, that it's 48 right it's now. It's very strange. We may be doing some serious damage to the planet. There might be some repercussions that you know, we, we're not qualified to discuss. At the same time, I can't help but say that if you are a daily jogger, as I am, and I say yes. the jogger, not runner, jogger, then you appreciate this mild winter because it is tremendous. There's nothing better than to go running in the afternoon and not have to like you. You're, I'm layering up, but I don't have to look like the Michelin right. Man when I do it. I I saw people or running feel that way in shorts yesterday. Well, I, I could see that. I, I couldn't believe it. Well, it, was, it was almost it's 50. mid February. Yeah, it. You're right. It's almost. It 50. feels like it should be the beginning of baseball. And you know what the oddity of oddities was yesterday. At one point in time, it was 52 degrees in Chicago and 52 degrees in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, it was like cold and, and it was raining in the so morning. Yeah. take that all you sports writers and sports reporters out there covering spring training right. while we are back here in the dead of winter. It's, it's just, it's an oddity and it's, it's unseasonably uh, uh, warm. For Chicago, I'm and worried about the squirrels now. I'm worried about everything. I'm worried I'm, about the squirrels. I just, I'm, I, like, I, like, I, I'm so used to a polar vortex at this point in my life that it's like, you know what it's it is? almost like, what if I, I think it's throwing off our ecosystem, our our equilibrium. We're used to being grumpier, yeah, because it's You're darker, right. longer, yeah, it's colder. You have a That's snarl it. on your face, yep, and now we have no other choice but to smile. 
and I got to shovel snow. And I, I, ah. move, I, I move the snow. I don't shovel really. I just move it. I've got like one of those. Get the mower fired up. I don't. I don't. I know. I'm just you know, saying. Let me tell you something. Generally speaking, this is the oddest thing to say, but I could use one of those. The problem is, you only use it like four times a year, three times a year where you really need it. And I really wouldn't know where to store it. <laughs> like, I got the cars in the garage, and I got, I got a lot of stuff that's just kind of sitting there that would, I don't, I don't know how I would fit it in, the, in the, my garage. Who says at 815 we're supposed to get six inches of snow tomorrow? I did not see that. that is that true? Oh did not God. see I think that. if you're in the, in the right along the Illinois-Wisconsin border, oh, okay. you could be getting that. But I think here they're talking about an inch or less. Yeah, it'll melt. We're getting six inches of cheese tomorrow on the Wisconsin <laughs> border. Cheddar there's or gouda? Gonna be, there's going to be six inches of summer sausage right. dropped on the border. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're going to race up there. And, and get we're it. going to That's deliver it to your cave in whatever dark place you find yourself. Delicious stuff. Absolutely delicious. All right. The Bulls are at the Pacers tonight. You want to drive down there and deal with this? Uh, there's no DeMar DeRozan. He has a quad strain. And wh- what is We got two games left, right? We got this game, and then we have the uh, the Bucks. And the Bucks are playing very well. And the they Bucks, beat, yeah, they, they, they beat still the Celtics. Have, do they still have Giannis? <laughs> Somewhere they have Giannis. If not, they have many is, other options. Is he the most reliable superstar in the NBA? Is he the guy that, you know, if you got tickets and... I don't think you have to worry about load management. I don't think yeah. you need to worry about controversy. I don't think you need to worry about prima donna outbursts. I don't yeah. think you have to worry about much with Giannis. He did have a... His his temper tantrum of the year wasn't at post-game when he told the guy to get out of his way because he was shooting free throws. Yeah, he... He moved the ladder. The only fear with Giannis is dad jokes. Right? Doesn't yeah. he like to tell... <laughs> yeah. When, when your biggest concern about Speaking a superstar is that he's going to be too corny, that is the superstar you want to embrace. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you're right. The Pacers game tonight, because of the circumstances of the schedule and what the Bulls haven't won since February 6th, yeah, you'd like to think this is a must win, even without DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they got the list of all the all-star participants and – there are no bulls among any of the three-point shooters. Not a shock. Or the dunkers. <laughs> well, they, they typically stay away from guys who shoot 19% from behind the arc. It's a former bull in there. Marketing. <laughs> oh, that's right. Larry Marketing. He's going to own the weekend. the three-point competition. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you weren't feeling bad enough about where the bulls yeah. are, let's remind everybody of the all-star they let get away because he couldn't develop on their watch. So, so uh, I'm just curious. Does that mean like two years from now, three years from now, Pat Williams will be? I said, contest? 2026 <laughs> Western Conference All Star starter, Patrick yeah. Williams. Yeah. Team uh, to be named later. Just first, Clippers. they got to trade him. First, they got to make a terrible decision on his future. First, they have to trade him for assets they're never going to use. <laughs> oh boy. Then they have to lament his loss, yeah. and then they have to find an excuse for why it didn't work here. And the next general manager or coach will have to be faced with answering those questions. The uh, the Raiders cut Derek Carr as expected. As expected. And and in a parallel universe, um, and again, in a different age and time, that would be exciting news for the Bears. 
You remember when <laughs> when uh, when they had? Uh, well, I can't even think of the guy's name. They had this pass rusher that they brought in. They traded some picks for him, and uh, and he was good pals with Derek Carr. And there was this rumor that he was going to come and play with Derek Carr. Khalil or Mack Derek, and Derek Carr. Oh, that relationship, that's his yeah, name. Khalil Mack. Is the one you're facetiously trying to? Yeah. Is he available again? Is he, he might be. He might be. He could they, be a salary cap casualty. Could he be on the street? Are the Bears still paying him? Could they not bring him back? Well, everything about the Bears and linking, being linked to a player like that who might pop loose, yeah, is the question. What if they want to go to a contender? Well, not here. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for considering oh, us. Oh, you want to go nah. to the contender? Oh, nah, okay. no, no, never mind. <laughs> We're looking for Were we part of a rebuild? Yeah. Will you play will you work for cheap? I'll tell you what, what players like. And that is cabbage. Yeah, the Bears have some to and, spend. And the Bears have money to a spend. Lot. So if you're willing to outspend somebody, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I think you you will be able to convince someone that they Where will do you think you. Derek Carr lands? Oh, I never really question. envisioned him with the Saints, even though he'd spent two days there. Yeah, considering that possibility. Well, they don't have any money anyway, right? Aren't they, they don't. Right against the cap. He's a, he. Uh, Dennis Allen was his first coach. Yeah. So there's a connection there. That's always uh, not always, but often overstated. Yeah. Because you're right. Money talks. Opportunity talks. The fit matters. Jets still have to be considered at the top of the list, and I would love it. If they go out and they forget, while while Aaron Rodgers is in the cave finding himself, they sign Derek Carr. I, I believe it's a darkness retreat. It's I a darkness mean, retreat. Okay, That's I'm sorry. I, I, I I've been referring to it as a to a cave. Yeah, a, a I like cave that. In my mind, I like the idea of him in a cave. Yeah. and his beard is kind of grown over, and I love that idea. But you know, I I like I like the idea of Aaron Rodgers like looking like a guy on a desert island. You know, he's got. <laughs> It's his tattered clothing, and he's got the beard. And Can I say I wish he would spend the offseason there? He's talking to Wilson, <laughs> well, the he volleyball. Talk, he could talk to Wilson. Just stop talking to Pat McAfee because I do not want to hear him every week. You know, it's so funny. That guy, like, he he's always kind of, you know, shooting peanut shells at the audience whenever he talks. It just it, – there's something about him. But then he goes on that show and does, it like, his old whatever that – whatever his act is. It, that, that is, he plays a character I, on yeah. that podcast. Yeah, he does. But I'm, now I'm thinking about the idea to the, the, the sequel to the movie with Aaron Rodgers stranded on a desert island yeah. <laughs> talking to Wilson. Would would Aaron, I mean, but he, it's really, he would be in darkness because this is a darkness retreat. But that would be difficult to shoot. That would be difficult cinematically. Yes. You know, yeah. you would no. not want to have that kind of darkness. You'd need, like, you'd need, like everyone would have to be wearing those, exactly. those like, night goggles. <laughs> that'd, be a bit, yeah. that'd be a bit much of an investment. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go through that. <laughs> but, hey, good, just go uh, away. Just, you know, stay, spend as what, much time there it, as you want. What if he came out and said, yeah, I'm retired? I, you know, I would be kind of sad there because this is the, the this is the needs, this is the inner conflict. Tom says the league needs. I like watching him play. Yeah, I I know he's in easy the playoffs too to mock and dismiss and all these things. When he talks is where the problems start. I like watching him play football. I like seeing him throw the back shoulder. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. pattern. He he's he's a guy that is phenomenal at what he does. I just Agreed. when he talks, we run into problems. Yeah. Because he's non, he talks in nonsensical terms. I just don't like when he talks. Well, it, it just it feels like he's just, you know, he is as 
the prima donna, right? You use that term. It's more like he, drama queen, but I don't, football diva. I don't want to insult him. But but it's like, you know, it's everything seems to be about him. It's almost like he loves kind of having everyone talk about where is he, what will he do, that sort of thing, right? Right, exactly right. That's a well put. 262, text it. says, uh, I live by the brat stop, calling for eight inches of snow tomorrow. I'll be in the weather balloon. Love the Brat Stop. That's a great place That's on the way up stop. to Wisconsin. We've been there. We broadcast from that there. That was terrific. Yeah. That was a great that was a great memory. That was a yeah. great uh, outing by the station. I have never heard from any of those guys, but we did talk to them on the day. Nice fellas. <laughs> the, the Brat Stop guys? No, no, the uh the Milwaukee station guys. Oh, the other state, yeah. yeah the they other, were nice guys. Right. They were very nice. Yeah. Sparky. Is that Sparky was one of the guys? He was on the show yeah. uh with Dan and Lawrence yesterday. Oh, was he really? I believe Good so. Him. Oh, see. How come none of them kept in touch with me? <laughs> That's my fault. It's just not my style, you know. But what, I, I have thought I have thought fondly of them. Well, I mean, it's just you know, in my mind, I'm like reaching out to people, but in reality, I know. I'm, I'm going to get you to a reunion before yeah. lo- before long. Yeah. I'm going to get you there. You inspire me. I'm working that on that. I, I, I told you that a, at the Loyola function where. You were honored. You enjoyed it. It was was great. It was unbelievable. How many people there were thrilled to see Mully? Mike Mulligan to them, right? Yeah, it was. It was a wonderful thing. I'm. I'm. I'm I got a lot of positive feedback on that one day. It was tremendous. tremendous. Well, you know what was great is you turning up, and I mean that. That that meant a lot to me, and I thank you. It was a fun day. Hey, how about Loyola? Yeah, they won again. How about that? But they haven't won enough. I know, but they had a big victory on. Of course, do not. I think this was Nick Schultz, our guy. Remember him from sure. uh, Loyola grad himself. Yeah, yeah. And he tweeted out, do not doubt Drew on Valentine's Day. Go Ramblers! That's very funny. That is very funny. It was Valentine's Day. If the and, guy can't uh, win on that day, then forget it. If they cannot win on Valentine's yeah. Day, they may never win, and they have a big victory for the, the Ramblers. And, hey, that's not the kind of season they've wanted in no, the first year of the A-10. But year. They've had a very difficult year. It was but, a good moment. But um, we'll see moving forward. Did you say Mike Bray wanted to coach at Loyola? <laughs> Mike Bray wants to coach next year. I don't think it's at Loyola. Oh. The job is filled, yeah. and I think it will stay that way. Well, I didn't mean to imply that. I thought you had said that. <laughs> I, I was I was confused. Don't start rumors I, that I didn't start. Yeah, I, I think Mike just... Bray would like to coach somewhere where he can win, where it is warm, and he will be – you know, richly, richly rewarded for doing so. I watched some of that game at Duke. Coach K turned up first time he's back at Duke, and um, and the Irish were getting beaten pretty badly. They came back. I turned it off with a fury. I watched some of the I watched some of the Blackhawks, David, because they were Ooh. in Montreal. Did you like the Montreal connection? That's the well, only reason I, you turn on the Hawks, I, right? I, totally. But I, I mean, Kirby Doc has turned into a like a really good player. Oh my god! And I'm watching him, and I'm thinking to myself, like, wait a minute, they're in a rebuild. That guy's uh, 22 years old. Don't get me triggered. Oh, I'm sorry. I, the Kirby Doc conundrum. It's con- they it's gave up on him. Easy. They gave up on him. A team Why? in the midst of a rebuild. First of all, they rush him up to the NHL right. before he's even ready. And you know, Patrick Kane he had said it. He, yesterday. He nailed it. Yesterday. He knew he was going to be good. Yeah. Everybody knew he was going to be good. Maybe not. This good, this fast. Well, he, he not, not after what he showed in Chicago, but he right. went to Montreal. They're playing him on the right line. He, they're asking him to do the right things. And this is this is a young man who was the third overall pick third for a overall. reason. Yeah. 
and they just gave up on them. Yeah. I, I, very discouraging. But, yeah, they lose four to nothing, and that's a good thing for the Hawks' big picture. Is that because the general manager wanted his own guys? Is that because they, – did you give up on a young player because you really had it in mind that I'm going to get all my own guys and I'm in a rebuild? And, I, and I, 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 No, you're right. In every I sport, you have, you have guys – and this is interesting because we, you could apply it to the Bears. You could apply it to any sport, but you're right. Kyle Davidson wasn't the guy who drafted him third overall. Right. So you wonder if they definitely have a different perspective on guys had they drafted him third overall himself. So but are they going to trade Justin Fields then? I don't know, Colin Coward. Are they? <laughs> we heard him earlier. I think Dustin played some of that. This is the guy that, like a few months ago, said the Bears, they've got the right coach, they got the right general manager, and they've got the quarterback. And now he said – here are four reasons you ought to trade him, one of which was interesting. If he doesn't pop next year, his trade value is gone. Like he's got trade value right now, and if it's if he's if you've determined he's not going to be the guy, then I I mean, first of all, I would never trade him. I think that they're in a very uh enviable position because they have a guy they believe they can win with. But they did win three games and they did lose fourteen. He- I don't put that on him, but it was an interesting argument. It's, it's a defensible made. position in yeah. my mind, and we'll, we'll yeah. devote a segment to this, I think, later, and we'll hear what he had to say. Right. It's a defensible position in my mind only if you you ignore the fact that Justin Fields has some special quality, and I just don't think you can ignore that fact. All the things that he said about needing to develop as a passer, other quarterbacks that have excelled despite having a bad offensive line – all that evidence is irrefutable. It's understandable. But I just don't know that you can, if the Bears afford to come to any other conclusion, you got to try to win with this guy. Yeah. Because he is special. I agree. And you don't let special talent walk out the door. And they already arguably have done that on the defensive side of the ball. You can't do that with your franchise quarterback. Uh, we stayed in the Marriott in Montreal and walked past the Bell Center, I don't know, 15, 20 times, right? It's like literally right there. And they had games on Saturday and Sunday. And so there were tons of hockey fans in the hotel I was at. I was at this Marriott, and the bar was filled with hockey fans. And and so I had the Hawks game on, and my wife was like, who are they playing? I'm like, oh, they're playing Montreal. They're in Montreal. And she's like, do you think they're all going to that bar after the game? <laughs> and I'm like, I just started laughing. It's a like, good chance. Now you know exactly now you know. what, what you know, the process is That's for a funny. bunch of people who park over you by You could the relate to that. Yeah, it was really cool. And you saw a lot of Hawks sweaters in that yeah. audience last night. Yeah. I know it was NBC Sports Chicago broadcast, so they're likely to show that a little bit more. For them. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we, I know we talked to Chris Chelios every week mm-hmm. at Chelly 845. And we got him uh, Montreal. He played Drafted Montreal, yeah. and so he has a history there. His daughter, Kaylee, we talked about her this season at times. She yeah. did a terrific job last night with Patrick Sharp and Chris Vosters, and she is versatile, and she was in the booth, so to speak, with not always, but she's they, three people in a booth is difficult sometimes. They made it sound pretty good. Yeah. She did a nice job. Yes. She's very polished. Yeah, she's very good. And um, and I like uh, Sharpie always, too. Sharpie's crew. really solid. He's gotten better at that part of it. Yeah. What's interesting, too, we talk about Patrick Kane. 
the new rumor, obviously, the oh my God. the Leafs are mentioned as a possibility. Yes. The Rangers still are out there, but the Dallas Stars have emerged as a possible. He's team. agreed to those trades reportedly. Right? Reportedly, and Mark Lazarus has something in the Athletic this morning about the Stars, and it made me think Patrick Sharp, who had experience in Dallas, probably can give Patrick Kane an idea what it's what like to play like. in that market yeah. because. They're the best team in the Western Conference. Kane would want to go anywhere that he can possibly win another cup. So that's a possibility worth considering if you still are paying attention to the Hawks. Is it wrong that I hope it's Toronto? No. Do you just want him out of I, sight, out of mind? I want, or? The guy, I want the guy to go someplace where he'll be recognized and appreciated and I, I can see I that. Mean, like, he'd be feted in Toronto a lot more. Fetid, is it? A lot more than if he were in Dallas. I think you're right. Because he's not a cowboy. I think you're right. I almost think, though, I wonder if the Stars have a better chance of winning the cup or playing in the final than the Maple Leafs do at this point. And Maybe if they get Kane, that puts them over the top. Here's what's interesting. If they are going to trade him to Toronto, do it before Sunday, please. Because they play the Maple Leafs Sunday at the United Center. I would love that to be Patrick Kane's first game. Oh, my God. For the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now I'm spinning. That Now you've really, that's too much. You've gone too far. I'm sorry. All right. We've got the pick six. We'll pick about all the stories of the day. And uh, we'll do it next. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 on the score. Wilson, where are you? Wilson! Wilson! How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Morning, guys. What do you make of Bob Nightingale's report that Mike Clevenger will be permitted to be a full participant in spring trading pending the results of an MLB investigation, Nightingale said, is not being placed on administrative leave at this time. Clevenger will not be placed on that list. Do you blame MLB or do you blame the White Sox for this mess? 
Well, it is a mess, and uh, it'll be good to hear from Rick Hahn today. I believe he's speaking to the media at 12.15 this afternoon, and uh, and hopefully we get some comment from the White Sox on this situation. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really – it's a depressing story, frankly, and I don't I don't believe that Clevenger will be on the White Sox this season, but who knows? I mean, really, who knows? I don't know what the results of the investigation are. It is a pity that MLB couldn't complete it and have some whatever the punishment is going to be already uh, doled out before the start of training camp, but here you are, and this is where you're at, and uh, we will hear from Rick Hahn at 12.15, but... It is a mess. It is a, um, it's an unhappy story. It's a bad one. And um, I don't know what to tell you other than it kind of disgusts me. It's an ugly look and a bad start, especially when you've had some changeover with the team over at 35th and Shields, right? I mean, do you think Pedro Grafol wants to start his new, you know, leadership tenure, of yeah. this tenure of this ball club with, with this, with this story? I mean, Rick Hahn's got to address this. So I guess, I guess, Kudos to Rick Hahn, I guess, for addressing this. I mean, are we are we going to hear from Jed Hoyer today as well? Is today the day that we hear from all the general managers because pitchers and catchers are reporting? Or is Rick doing this because he wants to get at least as out in front of this story as he can at, at this point? He won't get in front of it. This is a terrible look for the White Sox. Maybe understandable, but it's a major distraction for a new manager who's trying to sell hope and optimism and a fresh start. Now, there may be factors that are contributing to why they have had to wait to provide some clarity and direction, but they're not in front of this. They're behind, way behind. Why is it waited? Why have they waited this long to have a spokesperson, anybody, address this? Because if there are compelling reasons, if there are mitigating circumstances, if there's something to make us understand better why they can't act if there's language in a contract or the CBA or whatever the case may be, don't make us go call Amy Dash or David Sampson for an explanation. That should be coming from the White Sox, and we should have had it by now. That's why, okay, blame is the wrong thing. I have an expectation that we they should provide clarity because that's part of the job. They have to presume innocence? Yeah, maybe. It would be naive to think they can't consider if he's guilty and what it means to have him in White Sox laundry representing the team. They haven't gotten in front of this. They needed to get in front of it and today, hopefully, finally, we'll get some clarity. Can, can I can I make a prediction and ask for a prediction? I've got a feeling that tomorrow in the pick six, we'll be asking a question about why the White Sox weren't more far, forthright with what's going on with Mike Clevenger. I know Rick is talking, but I I do not anticipate clarity on this situation. Because if there were clarity on this situation, he wouldn't be in camp. Okay, we'll get back to it, but ask me tell me this, am I is it too much to ask? And I, and I, is is it unrealistic to have an expectation that they can thread the needle here? It's difficult to do, but don't they have an obligation to try? Um yes, and uh I don't believe they will. It's a it's a tough one, Bruce. It's, it's a very fair question and obviously a, a ripe one. Once again this year, Pakoda has projected the White Sox and the Cubs to have disappointing season. The Cubs winning 77 games and the White Sox winning 78. What's the right way to react to the analytics-based projection? Oh, what does Bill Pakoda know? 
I think the right way is just to take it with a grain of salt. You understand that this is a time of year these things come out and everyone's going to have their ideas and the, the, the rationale for why the White Sox or the Cubs will or won't be above 500. This is a little bit more detailed. This is a little bit more analytical. And it's, it's rooted in logic and numbers and all of those things. And you're taking emotion out of the equation. That said, I don't know if the Cubs – I think the Cubs are going to be better than a 77-win team. And I don't have any expectations for the White Sox that are positive because I think that's where I can't separate. Uh, I can't, I can't uh, go into my computer program my internal wiring and remove e emotion and cynicism and skepticism in history because the White Sox, in recent times, you expect the worst. You don't have expectations. And so 78 victories sounds about right to me for a team that is going to disappoint us because they have disappointed us so often and so consistently in the last couple of years. Cubs, new day, new roster, new team, new hope. Yeah, I think they're going to be better than that. So that would be the way I would interpret Pakoda. Well, I like the fact that we have this list to use to uh, help us debate and sort out and, and think ahead of what they may or may not be, both the Cubs and the White Sox. Let's start with the White Sox really quick. The other thing I love about this is, you know, we rounded up and we gave in the question, but technically per 77.7 wins for the White Sox. It's like, how does that work? Is there all of a sudden like a new thing where if they get to nine innings tied, like teams are getting like points for that? I mean, where do you, know, why, why do they give us these tens of points on top of it? The White Sox across the board were statistically awful last year. Everybody's going to be bad again. I, I just believe that there's going to be an uptick. I don't think everybody is going to collectively have as bad of a year as they had. And I don't I, I, I don't get on board with the Twins or the Guardians continuing to do what they do. I think they regress. And on the Cubs side of things, we spent a bunch of time on this yesterday with the Fly the W podcast. I mean, the Cubs have gotten significantly better at a couple of big positions. First base, they were horrifically bad last year. Revis started all those games at first base. He's gone. They're better. Not, not necessarily hugely better, but they're better than they were. They're better in center field. They, they moved a potential all-star second base shortstop to second base and filled his position with an all-star shortstop. They're significantly better at those two spots. Third base still lacking. Suzuki should be better this year, a full major league season under his belt. So I, I project that they are off by about five or six games for both of our local teams. Yeah, um, Bakota, player empirical comparison and optimization test algorithm. So it is a projection. Bill doesn't have anything to do with it. You're thinking of another guy. Uh, it, it is a projection, computer-based projection. I'm just naming the computer. I think it's pretty funny. I was amused by it. But What does uh, Rhodes stand for? Uh, you know. Because he just predicted eight more victories for each team. That's right. Uh, Sorry. Okay, I come up with a Rhodes uh, <laughs> acronym for you. <laughs> Um, but but really, don't ask the textures. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Please go after them. Uh, no, let me tell you something. It, it is. I kind of feel like the, the things kind of steamrolled on the White Sox. You know what I mean? Like one thing went wrong, another, another. There was like a domino effect where the whole team was impacted. I get it. You know, you've lost a guy 
uh, in Abreu who's done nothing but play well. But you feel like you have a guy that can go there to first base, and you've been waiting on that. You got, in fact, you got a whole bunch of guys that can play that position. I think that you know, I'd like to know if Tim Anderson is going to have like a a bounce back, and a bounce back for him would be an MVP caliber season. I'm talking about you know the bases are bigger. The guy could steal 40 bases. You know the guy can hit. He's fast. He can. He can do a lot of things, and, and he could be a catalyst. Um, Luis Robert took a step back last year, and it's all health-related. Is Aloy going to be willing to be the DH and produce the power that he's capable of producing? I think there's individual questions. You know, is, is uh, Yohan Mankata a prospect? Is he, is he this is him? Is he going to get better at all? So I think that I think that there are a lot of possibilities for the Sox. Um, I, I kind of like the group the Cubs have put together. I don't know about the one-year bounce-back guys, but I think the shortstop's going to be awful good. And, and I think he's ready to step into kind of a leadership role. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to both things. And the computer, you know, I, there's no problem. I got no problem with the, with the projections. And they're often wrong. And they're often – they're just a baseline to start – where you believe this team's going to go, and and then you add in your you mix in your positivity, and and you end up losing money if you gamble on it. Well, if I start making your guys money, I can answer these questions. There's David Ross, who told Marquee Tuesday the Cubs have a bunch of guys with something to prove. Like these guys are hungry, man, and uh, there's a lot of guys out to prove stuff. There's guys that are you know just signed contracts or coming to new teams. Uh, there's guys that are really excited to put on the Cubs uniform and and help this team win, help you know, bring a championship back to Wrigley Field. How much of a tone can that set for the season, or is that just your typical spring training rhetoric? I don't believe they're going to bring a, a World Series title back to Wrigley Field, not this year. And I think that some of these guys aren't going to be a part of it if they do. I, I'm still waiting on some of the younger guys, and, you know, they got a, a whole outfield waiting to come up that looks like a, a group of really good players, good young players. But, you know, I remind myself that, like, Christopher Morrell was not a guy that I thought was going to be an impetus for that team last year. And he ended up having really a fun season, and it was fun to see that guy play. So I think it's going to be a different collection of guys, and I'm curious about it. And I think it comes down to how well their pitching does, right? They've got a lot of young pitchers and a lot of guys to move into different places. It's going to be it, – they're, they're – there should this is this is spring training talk, but there should be a lot of youthful enthusiasm in a lot of areas, and maybe it's time for a winning season. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you answered it, Molly, in the last question a little bit. You know, they brought in guys on these one-year prove-it deals. I mean, Cody Bellinger. I mean, right? He he's got he's got something to prove and a, and a ton to gain. You've got Ian Happ. He's got a ton to gain out of having a really good season. Nick Madrigal moves from shortstop to second with an opportunity to put himself in the conversation of a top five second baseman in the National League. You know, say a Suzuki, prove that you're worth the deal 
that you signed and proved that you've you know grown up per se, caught up to Major League Baseball in America versus Major League Baseball in Japan. We've got Trey Mancini at first base. You know, prove it. He wanted multi-year, didn't get multi-year. So there, I don't think it's rhetoric. It does sound a little bit like coach speak in sports in general, like prove it, show me. But there are, based on these one-year deals, the opportunity to do that. You met Nico Horner. You met Nico. You said Nick you said Magical. Nick Magical. Oh, jeez. We'll get to him in a yeah. second. He's in your brain. Yeah. Okay, He's here it is. Your brain. Wow. There's Pakoda. We know what that stands for. Then there's the Rhodes take. Really hot opinions, assuming dramatic emotional stimulus. Rhodes. R-H-O-A-D-E-S. Well, thank you for putting the A in there. Most people forget. <laughs> I don't forget. That is the way we're going to evaluate every projection now before every season. We'll repeat it later for the class. I love what the Cubs have done in terms of putting together a mix of guys who they're invested in long-term. They're going to be here for a while. You know Jamison Tyone's going to be here. You know Dansby Swanson's going to be here. You know Seiya Suzuki's going to be here. Let's hope Ian Happ is the next guy who signs a deal to stay and Nico Horner as well. What they've done with the one-year guys is, like David Ross is right, there is that hunger because these are professionals who know that they have to have good years to maybe get better deals somewhere else or maybe with the Cubs, but they've got something to prove. The best part about it is Kuma's has talked about this as well. They're not names you have to Google. They're not guys who you have to wonder about. These are professionals. Mancini, Hosner. You've got guys who Cody Bellinger have done it before and you're coming here to do it again with something to prove it's a good combination. I think the Cubs are going to get off to a pretty good start. Yeah, it's actually a great question. What is your reaction to Nick Madrigal taking his turn at third base as threatened in the opening day of Cubs spring training? I'm ready for anything at this point. You know, I know it's uh, going to be a little bit different spring training for me. You know, there might be some new positions thrown at me or, you know, um, you know, just I got to learn some things on the fly. But, um, you know, I'm ready for it. Should Patrick Wisdom be sweating? Is Christopher Morrell another better option? Could be. This is depth. This is what you want. Nick Madrigal coming in with the right attitude, saying the right things. He might not be crazy about the idea that the Cubs just invested $177 million on a middle infielder. <laughs> he, was, he was a fourth overall pick. What about me? What about my time? Well, he's got to prove himself all over again. And I think that a guy that can hit above 300, and you got to think that he could – with 400 at-bats, has a place on your bench, has a place maybe in your starting lineup. He can play. The the better he can do multiple things, the longer he's going to stay a Chicago Cub or maybe get them something in return to the trade deadline if they're ready to contend and they want to throw him into a deal. I don't know what the case is, but he's got the right attitude. You like a lot about what Nicky's two strikes is, is bringing to camp. If he wants to play third base, he may not want to be there, but at least he's going to try to do it. And as for Wisdom or morale, these are guys who have specific roles. They're contributors. They're not mainstays. So I think that everyone can find a niche on this Cub bench and, and play a role on a team that, that you know should enjoy this kind of depth because uh, they have major leaguers in the starting lineup. Well, this is what will make Cubs spring training interesting. Like I, I'm, cur- I'm very curious to see – Nick Madrigal make that throw. I mean, to me, it looked like he had a hard time throwing it from second to first. So I don't know how he's going to make it across the diamond. I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see if he can hit all spring training. David, you know, predicting a 300 hitter. 
Um, no, I don't think that uh, Patrick Wisdom needs to be sweating. I see Patrick Wisdom getting plenty of at-bats as the, as the DH because the, the one thing the Cubs definitely lack is pop, and, and Patrick Wisdom is a guy that can pop. Now, he also is a swing-and-miss guy, but he can hit the ball out of the ballpark for you. Yeah, I think Patrick Wisdom should always be sweating. I just think that's you know a guy that, that uh, kind of debuts at age 30 um, has to understand where he's at in his career. And, yeah, he's got to be working hard and sweating and breaking his rear end to make sure that he keeps his position. Uh, my reaction to Nick Madrigal taking his turn at third base is threatened is, uh, is good God, Nick Madrigal has no role on this team. Um, I, I think Nick Madrigal has some things that he does well. I think it's a very specific skill set, and I hope that we see it out of him. But he's about one more injury away from being utterly untradeable. And um, I hope this works out. He's not a third baseman, okay? And I get it. It, It's a jack-of-all-trades thing, and he wants to prove he can be a utility guy and play all over the field. I would imagine they're going to try to move him at some point because he doesn't fit. They just don't have room for him barring an injury. He's not going to beat out Nico Horner. That already happened last year. Nico Horner beat him out. Nico Horner's their guy. And Madrigal is a guy that came via trade. Dansby Swanson's five times better a player. And I don't even know if he could play that spot. He just has no role on this team. So he needs to be a super sub. And maybe if he can get 400 at-bats, it would be as a DH, which is kind of absurd because he doesn't have that power Dustin talked about. Well, no, that's a good question. What are your expectations for the Bulls tonight with DeMar DeRozan out with a right quad strain, Derek Jones Jr. down with a left abductor strain and Alex Caruso questionable with foot soreness must win statement. Can we get to the buyout market already? Yeah, let's get to the buyout market. I don't even want to talk about a must win statement, whatever, because guess what? They had must wins. They, they have, they have more must wins and that ended up as losses than they have games played this season. It feels like. So I, I think we're going to see much of the same. I would expect the, same consistent at some point they're going to win a game right that's the nba maybe it'll be against the bucks because that's also the nba but this is this is a team on a four game slide since the the non-trade deadline the don't trade anyone deadline and um and they need some sort of um shot of some well, they've made some statements over the last four games, and it's not a good statement. They can't shoot straight. They can't hit a three. All right, here, listen. DeMar, he's even there. He's not even going to be sitting right. on the bench. So here you go, Zach. Be the $250 million man, 36 tonight, and, and need the Bulls. That, that's what they, they, they need. They need 36 from Zach. They need 20-plus from Vooch, and they should win the but if you get 20 from Zach and 12 from Vooch, we'll be talking about another statement and the five losses in a row. Well, maybe now Patrick Williams can step forward and say, hey, remember me because Who? now I can, now I don't have to defer and now I don't have another star that I'm going to stand in the corner and watch do his thing. Patrick Williams has to be somebody that they get something more out of tonight. And if they don't get something out of everyone tonight and they don't win this game, news for you. The Bulls may be looking later in the month and almost have three weeks between victories because I don't envision them beating the Bucks 
on uh, uh, tomorrow night. I, I just don't see that as a realistic possibility. If you don't win tonight, your next chance to probably get a victory would be when the Nets come to town on February 24th. This is a team that hasn't won since February 6th. That's a long time. That's a tough stretch. This is a team that is, uh, whether it's uh, Derek Jones Jr. down or who they're missing and who's out, De DeMar is the guy. They need a group effort tonight. They need to win this game. And I do think it feels like a must win for a team in 11th place. You can kiss him. Goodbye. Touchdown. Pick six. The Eagles lost both their coordinators' head coaching jobs with the Cardinals hiring defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon after the Colts hired offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, whose departure will create a bigger vacuum. Can you believe it's the first time a Super Bowl team has lost both coordinators since back in 94 when the 49ers lost OC Mike Shanahan to the Broncos and DC Ray Rhodes to the Eagles? That's a remarkable bit of trivia. I did not realize yep. that. You know what's more remarkable? The Eagles lost. That's right. The Eagles lost. They didn't beat the Chiefs, and they're still losing both coordinators. The NFL, it, it's difficult to look at this and, and be happy for Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. They're good coaches. They're, they may be great head coaches, but for a league that wants to emphasize diversity and makes it a priority to speak every hiring cycle – about the commitment to inclusion and more black coaches. You know what? The Eagles lost, and both of their white coordinators got hired and are head coaches today. What about Eric Bieniemy? What about Raheem Morris, who lost the Super or won the Super Bowl a year ago? He won the Super Bowl as a coordinator and still is an assistant coach. So I do think that you can't you can't help but look at things that way if you are looking at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is yes. The NFL continues to have a problem, and this is somewhat embarrassing to look at the team that lost the Super Bowl having both of its coordinators go to become head coaches at a place that interviewed qualified minority candidates who didn't get the job. So that's the way I look at this. Interesting trivia, but a bad, I think, a bad day for the NFL. Bad day for the NFL, but hey, David, your guy Jeff Saturday didn't get the job, so I thought you'd be happy about that. Um <clears throat> Did you see he sent out a... Like oh, yeah, we've a, yeah. got it. I thought we'd, I, I, we're holding on to that okay. to play back for you. That Sorry. was good. Um, I think he was out on a boat fishing already or something like that. Good man. He's, he'll soon be back at the four-letter network, perhaps. Um, as far as uh, we didn't get to this part, the bigger vacuum, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Jalen Hurts responds to this and how the Eagles' offense responds to this. They seem to have all the pieces, but we talked about yesterday how important it is to have great quarterbacks with great coaches. And it sounds like the Eagles coach has kind of been the CEO. It's his offense, but he's kind of had a hands-off. I let my coaches do their thing. I help game plan. But, like, day of game, I, I don't call plays. They they call the plays. They do all that kind of – and at this point in the game, you know, there, there's a lot of openings. And how many other Eagles – position coaches are going to go with these guys to the new job with the elevated status. So I think what's really interesting is how does Jalen Hurts respond? How does the Eagles offense respond without this offensive coordinator? Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, David makes a great point about uh, the the lack of African-American coaches in the NFL. And, and we have a couple texters 
What you have to remember is the league is 70% made up of African-American players. And the idea that you somehow cannot then have coaches of color is, is mindless. That, that's a bad idea. And, uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with, um, with guys not being quarterbacks, coaches, and offensive coordinators. And the Eric Bieniemy thing, and he's interviewing in Washington today, is one of the real curious questions in the NFL. Does he have to go to Washington and produce and be a good coordinator there in order to get a head coaching job? And why don't other people have to jump through the similar hoops? You know, Steichen comes in now. This guy is 37 years old. Think about this. He is now the same age as Sean McVay. Sean McVay, just on birth date, remains the youngest head coach in the NFL. How long has that guy been doing it? That is unbelievable. Um, I don't understand at all the Gannon to, uh, to Arizona thing. I don't get it. What is Arizona's problem? Is it that they can't build a defense, or is it that Kyler Murray it's, is this great mystery that they can't it's figure the out? Kyler Murray conundrum. Who's the offense coordinator with them, and how are they going to get Kyle, Kyler Murray on board with what they're doing? That is the only question if you're hiring a coach in, in Arizona. So I'm a little bit confounded. The guy did a real good job in two years, and his defense is real good, just not Super Bowl. But, man. That, that is just one that does – it just escapes me. I'm not sure. And he's 40, so he's a few years older and than the other guy. they interviewed Brian Flores. Well, th- now there's a there's – a I'm just saying. Uh, and he was a, guy, a defensive coach. They went defensive yeah. coach, and they didn't hire Brian Flores. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. 312-644-6767. We'll continue to get into it. We have the extra point next. Mully and Hall on the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the Extra Point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. MLB games will feature a pitch clock, band shifts, and larger bases this year. Rules changes intended to make the game more watchable. As consultant Theo Epstein explains here. Fans should be excited about baseball's changes in 2023 because they're designed to give fans more of what they like and less of what they don't like. Action. They love a faster pace of play. They love athleticism. They love doubles, triples, stolen bases, great defensive plays. And all these rules in in testing in the minor leagues have created more of that action, better pace of play, more athleticism, uh, more stolen base activity. And then less of what fans don't like. You know, fans don't like dead time. They don't like 30 seconds between pitches. They don't like long periods of inactivity on the field. How ready are baseball fans for these changes? Ready or not, here they come. I think it's great. I'm looking forward to this. I need baseball to be entertaining. I think people are ready for it to be different and to move a little faster. Traditionalists are going to roll their eyes. They might cringe. And already people are making fun of the bigger bases. They look like pizza boxes, whatever the case may be. I get it. There's going to be some of that pushback. But you know what? Baseball is a little boring at times. And this is the time to embrace the changes. I'm ready for the pitch clock. I like the idea of some of the other, the banning, the shifts. I'm just, I don't know how I feel about it all the time, but I'm ready to uh, keep an open mind about what it might do to make the game more exciting. The game needs to be more interesting. Theo's right. And MLB, credit to them to make this a a priority in, in spreading the message about the changes and why they are good for the game. 
their MLB Network's going to have a special on Thursday night to explain this. Then Theo is front and center. Theo Epstein is a tremendous communicator, and he's communicating a message that needs to be heard. Baseball needs this, so I'm ready to see where this is taking us because I think we need some sort of – we need the tweaks that these changes represent. Well, everybody likes action, and if you don't like action, then I don't know what you're doing watching sports or being involved in sports. So anybody that's sports-minded and sports-interested likes action. So if this means that we're going to see the ball in play more, guys attempting steals more, I mean, how many – any idea who led baseball in steals? Remember when we were growing up? Yeah. Y- you knew who it was and you knew how many they it had? It was going to be Ricky, Ricky Henderson, Henderson or, or Tim Raines. Yeah. Right. But like now I, could, I, I, I couldn't even imagine to guess who had the most stolen bases in MLB. And I would bet it was under 50. I, I don't think somebody stole. Trey Turner? I don't think somebody stole 50 bases last year. I'd be shocked if somebody stole 50 bases last year. Um, so I'm all, for, I'm all for the changes. I think there needs to be. I, I hated the shift. I always hated the shift. Um, so that's what I'm really excited about is that you're actually going to see some balls hit up the middle. Guys are not going to be able to go to their right or their left as well as they as they can when the shift is there, when the third baseman is playing shortstop and the shortstop is basically playing short center, like a 16-inch softball, if you will. I got to tell you, I, I think that there's a lot to be really curious about. There, there are almost too many changes happening at once. They're, they might have spread these out so you could get used to them a little bit. But I think the biggest one, just in terms of, um, of, of normal kind of watching the sport, is going to be the pitch clock. I think the idea that you got 15 seconds to throw a pitch when there's no one on base and 20 seconds when someone gets to first. And I, I love the disengagement rule, which is you can throw twice to first base if a guy is on, but if you go for a third one, if you don't get them out, he gets a base. It's considered a balk. And and the other thing is, if you don't if you don't get your pitch, if you're not in the motion of pitching as the pitch clock is expiring, then guess what? You're giving up a I, I, I you're giving up a ball. It counts as a ball. I think that is super interesting. It is. And I think that one of their major problems is the length of these games. I, I mean, I, you know, you go to a college basketball game. It is two hours. Boom, and you're done. And you know that. You go to a baseball game, and it could be three and a half hours. You could be in, in a game that, that lasts four hours. They're going to try to get these things under three hours. The pitch clock will help them do that. Hopefully, they'll, they could get to it's, like two and a half hours. That's a good point. It's not the length of the games as much as the pace of the play, and you yes. increase the pace, yes. and you're going to reduce the length. And, Dustin, to answer your question, it's a trivia question, John Birdie led the majors in – Stolen bases with 41. Wow. That is crazy to think that 41 stolen bases was the most, and the Marlins' uh, second baseman had 41 and led the majors. 41 used to be half of a season for guys like Reigns and Otis Nixon. Birdie'd get on first, and it would be bye-bye, birdie, (laughs) bye-bye. I like that. I don't know if that's quite as uh, uh, corny as my Rhodes – R-H-O-A-D-E-S acronym for, you know, they come to Pakoda, but um, we could bring that back later. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. There's Pakoda. We know what that stands for. Then there's the Roads Take. Really hot opinions 
assuming dramatic emotional stimulus. Rhodes. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. God, you dive into these rule changes, and it's just going to be different, man. Well, it is going to be different, but don't you want it to be different? I I, I do I understand. think you might need a second baseman, David. I, I'm, I'm just looking at it, and you might want a second baseman. So the rule with the no shift is you have to have four players, two on each side of the plate, and they have to be in front of the grass. Mm-hmm. So I guess the way you combat that is you'll have – an outfielder come in to play like short center, and then you send your third baseman out. It, you, you'll run a version of the shift. Or you just, just do what you've been doing for generations before this became all the, all the rage. What? Just play positional baseball, rely on the athleticism, and I think put a premium on it like the Cubs did in moving Nico Horner to second base and Dansby Swanson you sign in to play shortstop, and you've got two basically shortstops up the middle because they're going to have to cover a little more ground and that's okay. Everything is going to be okay. And your left-handed hitters who can, you know, go up the middle, they're going to have hit for a higher average. Maybe I, I don't mind going back to that. I don't mind these rules. Baseball has been, I don't want to say hard to watch, but harder to watch in recent years because yes. of some of this stuff. I agree. I agree. It's been, again, the problem they have is the time of the game. It's as simple as that. The games take too long. Pitchers are too fidgety. Yeah. Pitchers are too, like, exact, and they have to have everything perfect. They take too much time between pitches. The greatest, the greatest of all pitchers in the history of mankind there was nothing like going to a Mark Burley start, I, I, getting out there, and the guy is just – he's throwing the ball. There's guys running behind him. He didn't care. He's throwing the ball. And, and it, it's it's him working at his pace. And I mean, you know what? Johnny Cueto might be able to pitch longer because of the, the uh, pitch clock. I think he can mix up the, the tempo as well as anybody. And I think that, hey, you, you don't have to convince me any longer about Mark Burley. Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, come on. All right, 312-644-6767. We've got some uh, some dear friends uh, on the line, and let's start with Ron. He's our guy. He's on the south side. Hey, Ron. Mullion Hall, happy new year. I operate <laughs> on the baseball calendar. <laughs> Amen, Ron. Hey, hey, uh, uh, David, I heard you. you know, I was listening every Saturday, and you said the four most important words in baseball, pitch and catch a report. Had to make a minor correction. The four most important words in all the sports, David. I started to say all in, in life, but that would be a stretch. But pitch and catch is report. Uh, you guys, uh, the White Sox, certainly there are a lot of questions. So I'll be looking forward to listening and talking to you all through the season and see how uh, some of those questions will be uh, answered. But I am looking forward to the rule changes. Uh, we need to see a better game, a little more action. I fell in love with the game because of the defense up the middle, you know, the shortstop and second baseman is a particular you know, combination. So um, I missed that. So those are things, but I'm just glad the game is back. Unfortunately, I made Mully. It's a big mess with this um, yeah. clever thing. So, yeah, so we'll have to get it sorted out, but we're not going to 
you know, let that take away, you know, from baseball coming back. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, All right, Ron. buddy. Thank you. Yeah, good that, stuff. It, it does. It's, it, there's a pal that's over the season just because of that, frankly. Crowley is listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Crowley. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Good. Uh, we, we talked about this yesterday, Dustin and I, on the Fly the W podcast about these rule changes. I went to a few minor league games last season uh, going to South Bend and watching the Midwest League champions. The average length of minor league game last year was two hours and 36 minutes. Mm. And so, uh, you know, that's what you're talking about, Molly, about wanting that two and a half hours, good window. Like you said, we want action. That's it. That's it. Just no dead time. I mean, everybody loves that famous Cub Phillies 23-22 game classic. But if you're sitting around and it's boring, I mean, guys just sitting there. No one wants to watch guys sit there. It's not fun. So this is. I think the rule changes are going to be good. And I think you know what? Get them all done. I don't want to spread this out. Rip the bandaid off. Let's put them all in there. And that's why what they're doing with MLB is they're starting these rules today. Day one, every team is expected that their pitchers are focusing on pitch clocks and and this and their deliveries and their step-offs and their disengagements because they want to get all the problems out early before the season starts. But what they showed is with the minor leagues that every week the number of people violating those rules went down until it was almost nothing. Great point, Crowley. I also think this, Molly, interesting in the messaging approach. I do think the MLB is smart in not making Rob Manfred the front person here. Oh, yeah. No no one wants to hear from Rob Manfred. But he is the commissioner. If he were to be the guy telling the rules, half of the people listening would think it was wrong. Is that wrong? I, I agree no. with that. Is, that, is Theo, that a silly? Theo has a gravitas having won World Series and having be, being known as a, you know, a deep-thinking Ivy League. I'll admit to being – Guilty to that yesterday. When I'm hearing him explain all of this, oh, I got a little yeah. bit more excited because, yeah. oh, yeah, that's a great point, Theo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, another great point, Theo. Yeah. You're used to him making very valid points. He's not considered an owner front man. Exactly. He's considered a guy that loves the game. So that is why he's involved because this is all going to be part of his yeah. legacy. Yeah, he's not going to think about it as a piece of metal. I agree. And I think that's a big part of this messaging, why people might be more inclined to think, oh, yeah, I can get behind this. Kevin's in Palatine. Hey, Kevin. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, <clears throat> agree with the previous two callers. I love all the changes. Can't wait for them. Uh, one thing that has annoyed me about the Cubs offseason, I'm really happy with what they did. But we're going down the same slippery slope with Contreras, with Ian Happ. You know, Jed said we're going to work on this stuff. Why Happ and Horner haven't been signed already? Is uh, it, it's it's annoying because I think we're going to end up the same thing with Contreras, now, Horner. We have for a lot longer, but I think we're going to lose Hap for nothing. And I don't know what it is about him that you don't like about your organization. He's a great dude. He's a really good player. But I, I have one comment, and I love Dustin's my guy. But we want to give kudos to Rick Hahn. I would suggest everyone listen to Lawrence Holmes in the one o'clock hour yesterday. Um, Rick Hahn signed Mike Clevenger, who anyone with Google could have known was a complete bag before we knew any of this stuff. And he signed him the day after Thanksgiving. That was his prize. That was the guy he had to run out and get. He got him first because they got him cheap. He gets no kudos. Everyone knows the Padres aren't a dumb organization. They couldn't wait to kick his rear end out of the door. His Cleveland teammates voted for him not to come back. Everyone knew this is a horrible human being before we found out how truly awful of a human being is. Rick Khan gets no kudos, and Mully, you're exactly right. 
None of these guys will have the balls to ask them the question they're supposed to ask them today. None of them. So have a great day, guys. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the phone call. Well, I, I didn't say that. I don't know that he won't be asked the question. I don't expect him to answer. I, I don't him, expect him to. He'll say that I'm not. Well, I can't. What you said. Yeah. yeah. I. I. I, I, I know, have, I'm not allowed to speak on that. I have appropriately low expectations as yes. well. As for Ian Happ, we'll get into this at some point throughout the spring training. The Cubs have more behind Ian Happ than they did behind Wilson Contreras. Yeah. That may affect their thinking. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. That's the telephone number. It's Mullion Hall on the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.